Welcome to the Business Video Production Podcast. Here on this podcast, we talk about all things relating to creating and producing videos for businesses. All right, welcome to the Business Video Production Podcast. I'm Evan Staley from your local studio. With me, I've got Kevin Colby from Kevin Colby Media. Welcome, Kevin. How's it going? It is going very well. Now, you may remember from last season, we had Kevin on here as a guest. Well, this time, he's here as a co-host, so he's here to stay. It's it's kind of like on Lost in Space when Dr. Smith got bumped up from, like, guest starring to just, like, the uh, a oh, co- yeah, yeah. co-star. Yeah. So, like, you're, so I'm like the Dr. Smith yeah, of got, the podcast. Yeah, you name in the credits now. Like, <laughs> you're a regular. I love it. I love it. <laughs> danger, danger. That's right. So today we're talking about productivity hacks for video production. Um, well, a big thing that we can focus on is, is how to stay productive, how to make sure mm. we're using time wisely yeah. while shooting and editing and stuff like that. Do you have any initial thoughts on how video producers can stay productive with all the many things they're juggling? Well, you know, one thing is pre-planning. I mean, it sounds simple, but, uh, you know, depending on what you're going to shoot, depending on what you're going to do to kind of be thinking it out. I mean, it could be a shot list. I mean, a lot of times is when we're doing things, even if it's on location, we don't have the opportunity to go ahead of time. Right. And look at it. So we're kind of, you know, called running and gunning when mm-hmm. we're there. So you have to make a lot of quick decisions. But, uh, you know, you can figure out, okay, what gear do I need and what gear can I go to quickly? Yeah. Um, and then what are the certain shots I want to get and what would be nice, but I don't have to. So as much as you can do ahead of time. Uh, but other things, too, are like templates, ah, okay. you know, creating things. So like when I edit, I have already pre-produced tags oh, that okay. I can immediately cut on. And I've got two or three different styles, and I have them even horizontal and vertical. So if I'm cutting something for... Vertical. Um, I can quickly go to that tag, and that that saves me an, a, a ton of time. Nice. Um, or even optimizing. Like, I, I do Final Cut Pro. Yeah. And so I use a compressor. And so a lot of times what I'll do is I just, I just send the file to there, and then I'll do a Facebook version and a YouTube version okay. because it speeds up the upload time. And then I just go about my editing time. Um, those are hacks. Um, so I guess in a way it's it's hacks for me, uh, working off of duplicates and making copies. So sometimes I've produced a video that I may share on Facebook and then YouTube, but I want a different ending or something on YouTube. Yeah. So I, I'll make a quick copy of it and I'll cut a completely different ending on it. So these are things, though, of thinking out. I guess it goes back to pre-production. It's thinking about what are you doing, where is it going to play, how are you going to shoot it. And then being flexible, though, when everything doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which never happens. Of course, never. Absolutely not. Batteries always work. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big fan of time tracking uh, for projects and stuff, too, just to make sure. Time tracking. So, like, um, it's like a software like Toggle. So you're tracking your time to kind of see how long it's taking you to do different things. Really, when you look at it, you're really able to see how efficient you're being because you realize, Mm. oh, I spent X hours doing this. Huh. I only thought I did, like, one, but I yeah. did, like, five, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to make sure that you're using your time wisely yeah. and that you're you're kind of efficient with how you use your time on right. a given day, whether it's, you know, on set or editing yeah. or whatever. Um, sometimes we just kind of get in, like, the zone, not really right. sure where the time is going. And But, that you know, that's a good point, though, too, because I think it's easy if, if you go into, let's say, an, more of an edit mm. and you don't set, like, a time limit 
Like, you know, I'm only going to give myself two hours for this. Now, granted, you got to take time for, you know, to, to import and do different yeah. things. But you can go and go and go, and that's where even try, being a perfectionist, which is what I struggle with, <laughs> it, it can work against you. So yeah. I like that of, of trying to figure out about how much time I can spend on this so when I get to that point, I've got a call done. Yeah. It's good. Good stuff. All right. Well, we have a guest this week talking with us about productivity hacks for video productions. Let's see what they have to say. got Scott McKenna with me here today to talk about some cool stuff. First off, let's get started with a very important question, Scott. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is the, in your opinion, the best cuisine in existence? Cuisine? Pizza. Pizza? Good call. <laughs> I can't go wrong with pizza. Exactly. I, w- I would say the same thing. It's awesome. <laughs> cool. So uh, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, tell us a little bit about, uh, about yourself and your background and how you got involved with video production. Yeah. So long story short is I was a musician for about... Uh, 10 to 12 years full-time. And naturally, as I traveled around the country, I was always obsessed with kind of filming what I was doing and putting it together for, you know, no real reason. YouTube didn't really exist when I was kind of doing a lot of random video stuff. Um, 2008-ish, obviously, YouTube was still really new. So I wasn't really uploading anything on YouTube. It was kind of just for my own benefit. But through that journey, I realized I obviously liked video. Um, so I kind of naturally started to do some work helping my dad's company at the time, doing some things for their company. They were a marketing agency at that time. So I used to do some of the videos for some of the, they had like this young entrepreneur video series thing that we did. So kind of did some of that. And then moving on, I uh, fast forward, I don't know, eight, 10 years later, I was kind of getting tired of being a musician. And so I decided, you know what, I still really like video a lot. And I think that I'd rather do that as kind of what I go after. I saw a company randomly come in and film something for this church I was working at at the time. And then I was like, this, what does this company do? And then turns out they did wedding cinematography. And I was like, I have never seen this before. This is interesting. I think I could do this. So I bought tons of gear literally the next day. Started my company, 4LC Studios at that time. And did that for about three and a half years part-time while I had a full-time job. And then built the business up enough to go full-time in May of 2017. And then just about two months ago, launched my new business, which is called Scaling Creative, which is all everything except for weddings. So now I have the wedding brand as its own brand and a oh, kind okay. of team of people run that. And then Scaling Creative is, is essentially my... My, I say my baby now because that's actually what I spend more of my time in now, not as much the wedding side of things. But that's the quickest, the quickest story for you. Nice. <laughs> the condensed <Appreciate> version. <laughs> that's interesting. I don't think I've heard that uh, before of like a transition from like uh, like the music world to a video. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of video, I think a lot of musicians kind of naturally like like filming themselves or, or, or trying to, you know, promote themselves. So video was kind of like a natural, but yeah, I guess sure. I didn't really do it to promote. I kind of just did it because I thought it'd be fun to look back on. But of course I don't know where any of the footage is. So everything oh. is pointless. <laughs> anyway, I got that's, you. Why, that's why I wish YouTube was more like it was now because now I have like every single home video and Google drive and unlimited places yeah. where it was all hard drives back then. So you ran out of space and then you just deleted what was oldest. So I just don't even know where it is at this point. Gotcha. <laughs> One day I'll find it. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Cool. So today we're talking about productivity hacks for video production. So I figured uh, the best thing to do, we kind of start off with a definition of productivity. So how would you define that word for yourself? What does is, what is productivity and being productive mean to you? To me, being productive is simply doing what I actually 
like set out to do in that day. That it's and it's definitely not something that I've mastered um, because the fact that I wear a lot of hats and I love working and love the actual process of doing it in the first place. It's really sometimes not always easy to just stay focused on one thing. Um, but that's something that I'll never change. As you own a company, there's obviously those, that reality that you can't always just do one thing. So to me though, it's just kind of, if I put something in my calendar and I complete the task that I intended to do, that's to me what is a productive day. <laughs> but I always feel like I'm kind of behind the curve of actually finishing everything I always want to do. Um, cause we, you know, we all run out of eventual time. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. I've heard, I figured I'd start with that cause I've heard various different definitions of productivity. So I've heard, you know, there's the standard productivity means doing all the things and getting as much done as possible in a single day. And then I've heard other people say that it's more just about getting the right things done or the important things done as opposed to just like everything. So what is your take yeah, on I that? I think there's kind of a difference between yeah, what's, what is productivity versus like the success of like the, if they kind of go hand in hand in the manner that I may have on my calendar, you know, edit this video and I may not finish it in that day, but it's not that it wasn't productive and it's not that it wasn't successful because it was kind of building to get to the success and the actual completed task. So it's kind of something that you always got to kind of think about like what is what is your definition of success and then are you doing things productive that are getting you toward your definition of success that's because it's not you can easily look at you know a task and put something in your task list and then you worked really hard the entire day but you didn't finish it doesn't mean it wasn't productive doesn't mean that it wasn't successful but you can sometimes easily in a business that like video where you know it can be multiple days or months to complete a project mm-hmm. feel like man I'm just not getting anything done yeah because it's not like a completed top to bottom video in one day. So it's kind of different, I think, than some jobs where you can complete a lot of tasks in a day. Sometimes you can't. Yeah, gosh, that's good perspective. Cool. So do you have, you personally, do you have any specific um, hacks, if you will, that you use to kind of stay productive and stay on top of things? Um, I definitely don't like, I'm not a huge fan of the word hack because I feel like it's it's a way, it's a shortcut. And uh, there, there are no shortcuts, obviously, to 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 success or to working hard. It's just working as hard as you can. The biggest productivity, I guess, hacks per se, are to just, um, when you're doing a task, to eliminate distractions. Mm -hmm. It sounds easy, but people don't do it. People have their email chiming when they're editing video. They have their phone messages. They have push notifications from all these different platforms. And people don't realize that, sure, it may be only a three-second interruption that you quickly look at something, but you're, it's not three seconds to your brain. Your brain looking at something and checking a quick Instagram post and then, oh, cool, going back into what you were doing, it may only be three seconds that took you away from the screen, but it may take your brain 15 minutes to get back into like the same creative place that it was when you were actually editing. So I think that too many people get distracted by allowing something as simple as the, the sound of an email coming in or text message triggers your brain to need to check it. Like, or the push notification from Instagram, well, who, who liked my posts, who sent me a message, yeah. stuff that can be put off. And there's nothing wrong with, with checking on those things. But the important thing to me is like trying to, I've been trying really hard to put, to put that time in my calendar of like social media, because there's nothing wrong with being on social media and checking notifications and checking email and all that. But there is something wrong with having it nonstop be able to distract you. And so I think that, I, and, and I'm on my, I get on my employees a lot about that because 
there's a lot of people naturally that will send hundreds of text messages a day. And then their head, they're thinking, well, you know, it, it takes me two seconds to respond. No, you're just, you're spending a lot of time and your brain is not able to like to get back into the creative mindset so fast. So the best hack I have for just trying to be productive is when you, if I put on my calendar that I'm editing for the next two hours, I need to turn off notifications on my computer, on my phone and realize that the world's not going to like crash if I'm not available for (laughs) two hours. Gotcha. Yeah. I've read a lot of interesting stuff like brain science and whatnot about that kind of, the kind of thing of, of, Mm -hmm. uh, how to get in the zone and the distractions that take us away from that and kind of like mm-hmm. the, the brain effects. So yeah, that's really interesting. And everyone's different. It depends on the task you're doing. I mean, yeah. obviously there are certain tasks I can be distracted from constantly and be able to do right back to what I was doing, but something creative like editing a video or working on a story for something you need to stay like you need to stay focused on it or else it just ends up, you never actually get do the thing you're doing. And I think it's really easy as entrepreneurs, especially to, like, because you have to do so many little things, like you sometimes are the, if you're a one man shop, especially you have to do, you know, the bookkeeping, you have to do the, the taxes, you have to do every little thing. So it's kind of sometimes hard to tell your brain to just focus on one thing, but you have to do it or else you can just get yourself in big trouble. Gotcha. Cool. Do you have any tips for like productivity related things that are location specific? Like if you're on set filming something, is there anything to keep in mind that can help you kind of stay focused and make sure you're getting the shots you need, that kind of thing? I mean, the big thing for me is just making sure that I understand like what the, what the outcome of the video is like from like going all the way backwards. Like when this thing is completely done, who is the audience that I'm trying to reach? Mm. What do I need to do to tell the story? If there's a, if the talking, if there's a talking head narration of whatever this thing is, what, b-roll makes sense to shoot for the story don't you know i don't know i I think a lot of people just tend to film a story and then just kind of capture random tons of b-roll that doesn't really make necessarily sense in the actual edit but they're just trying to fill time in the edit or whatever and if you can really think about when this project is all done what's it supposed to do who's it supposed to reach and work for that so i'm not a big person of like storyboarding and all that kind of stuff because to me, that takes up a lot more time than I'd rather. I'd rather just start filming and getting to it. But I definitely talk with the client and make sure that I understand, hey, what is the final thing that we are doing here? What is the very final piece that you want? What's the purpose? Who's the audience? And then do everything I can to make sure that I capture that during during filming. Gotcha. Yeah. Always important to have the, uh, the end in mind when you're doing yeah. stuff. So cool. Cool. Okay. So let's talk about... Um, Specific tools you may use to stay productive. Any um, like any, you got any favorite apps or or browser tools or anything that you kind of use personally to help stay on top of Man, stuff? I, I use a lot. Um, <laughs> what are some of your I favorites? A lot of different things. I mean, I, I I mean, my client management software, which I use, which is called Tave, is the backbone of everything we do for all invoices, for leads, for all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, that's something that I absolutely recommend. Whether it's Tave or any CRM for that man of client management software, obviously it's just really important. Even if you're a one man shop to get that in place right away, because as soon as you start to grow, if you don't have those things in place, it becomes really hard to just suddenly start doing then. Mm -hmm. So I always recommend like if I could have went back to the day I started my business, like five years ago, I didn't know about this stuff, so I didn't really do it. But now looking back and meeting new entrepreneurs, I'm like, just get on it right away because it'll help. So 
Tava is obviously all my things from invoices to leads, all that. But then we use tons of different things. We use, I mean, if you're talking every single type of app, there's obviously like calendar apps. I use Fantastical. I use a thing called Calendly, which allows people to pick meetings that work for them, but they don't have to like write back and forth. That's a huge thing that saves me time. So if you're unfamiliar with Calendly, I think you know what it is, but Calendly allows someone to, if someone says, Hey, I would love to chat for 30 minutes about whatever, like this podcast, you can just pick a time that is looking at my calendar and working. So we're not sending back three emails back and forth. Does Friday at 2 PM work? No, but Discord works. Oh, well that doesn't work for me. That's just wasted time. Yeah. So Calendly is a great resource for that. Um, Obviously, being organized with your calendars and making sure that the right people can see other calendars is huge. Um, for like client revision type software thing for productivity, we use Frame.io. That's ah, like okay. a super, yep. super important thing to us. Um, and all these things too, like I can, I can send you links of like if you're, if you're unfamiliar with what they are for, the, you know, for your descriptions or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'll just kind of spout them off. Um, we use... Uh, what else do we use, man? Lots of different stuff. We use an app called Clockify for time clocks of okay. not employee time clocks. Like I don't make employees clock in, but there's a lot of clients that we do work for. When someone's editing, they start a clock for that client so that we, so that Mindy, who does kind of all the, the back end stuff, she can make sure that we're billing clients for what we're actually working on. Yeah. So it's not me having to like try to remember what everyone's doing. So that's one thing. Uh, Man, what else do I use? Slack is our in, absolute internal communication. Okay. I, I despise email, so everything <laughs> we do, everything we do internal for for both Scaling Creative and for LC Studios is all communicated internally with Slack. So everyone talks that way. Um, any clients that do ongoing work with us, we create them their own Slack channel that they okay. just respond to us in there, so that we're not having to. Because what happens is, and everyone knows this. You get clients who some send texts, some send emails, some send both. And then they're like, hey, did you get my text about that? I'm like, which one? <laughs> like, I, I, there's so many. And then what happens is, you know, you see a notification come up from, I'm, you know, a message, message on your phone. You look at it and then you forget about it. And then you forget about what you were supposed to do. Where Slack just remains, everything in Slack is business. So it allows us to simply be like, if there's a notification in there, it's important. But also in Slack, you can have it remind you about a certain message or you can have it, you know, do a lot of different things. So it's really convenient for us to have the actual clients get on that as well when they're working with us so that we can keep everything in one place. And once they get on it, they actually are like, wow, this is way easier too because I'm not having to like figure out what's Scott's email address and does, did he see my last forwarded email or the chain of emails if you know, don't get me started on chain emails that just can just bog everything down just makes it easy um so we love that i think slack's probably the most important piece that we actually have so yeah those are some of the ones genius link is another one i use a lot genius link allows me to create unique links so that when we send out certain things we could track where people are coming from with unique links um man I think that's it. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty exhaustive list. It's good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of different things. And that's the problem. We've been working for a while of trying to figure out how we can have less, but all those things I mentioned are vital pieces that like nothing else does in its own integrated platform. So yeah. So it sounds exhaustive, but it's it's not when you kind of have the system in your head, like yeah. of here's what we do, here's what we do, here's what we do. Cool. So yeah, I mentioned probably one of the most important elements is having like a central hub where like everything is just contained, whether that's like communication, project details, that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. So Tave is definitely the piece for that. Okay. Um, not for communication. Slack is for communication, but Tave is everything from the tasks of what we're currently working on to invoices, to, to receipts, to kind of everything that exists for both those companies lives in Tave. Um, that's the way that obviously we're able to track who owes us money, how much money's come in, what sources have they come in from, who's supposed to be working on what. So each each person that works for me logs into Tave, like they're constantly looking at it and there's tasks that are assigned to them and when they're due and then descriptions of what the tasks are. Okay. So it keeps that side of it organized. And then when they want to communicate, it's done in Slack. So like it would be great, obviously, if everything was built in with both, but none of them do everything well. <laughs> so we felt like Slack makes more sense for communication, but Tave is definitely the backbone of the of the actual you knowing what you're supposed to do without me having to like sit down each time and say, okay, so here's what we're going to work on today. We're going to do this and this. I'm able to put a task in, assign it to someone, and then I write a description in of like, we need to create a two-minute video of this, including this, 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 and this. And then if they have questions about it, they can just you know communicate in Slack. But it allows me to just put those in at midnight if something comes to my mind and not have to like hope that they re- know what the details are. I just put it all in one place that makes it simple. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. Do you have any uh, like tools you use on set when filming or anything like that or specific apps or, or anything? Um. Not really. I mean, I messed around for a while with like, you know, the apps that you can look in the lens, you know, look in the idea of what a 35 millimeter lens is and all that. But most of the time, I mean, I rarely ever actually take it out. I'm kind of, I kind of just like everybody, you kind of have like your favorite lenses, no matter what that you kind of naturally, I like to just get there right before I even have lighting or anything set up. And I will just put what lens I know I usually love to use and I will just look in the camera to get a feel for what's this actually going to look like? What are some, what, Hey, this looks better. Cause sometimes it looks better in camera than you think it does in person or sometimes the opposite. So I kind of just like to get a camera and a lens on right away and get a feel for what it looks like. And then I kind of build backwards of, okay, so if I want this to look like this, what kind of lighting do I need to set up? audio all those different pieces and just kind of from there so not too many actual apps or anything i use every once in a while i'll use like the apps that kind of tell like the you know for weddings we used to use the app that kind of shows the sunset and where oh yeah where it's going we'll use that occasionally just if we want to get obviously like golden hour type of stuff but for the most part i mean maybe there are tools that i'm missing that i should use but a lot of it has just been you know, you kind of get there and try to figure out what's going to work and try to just get to the result as soon as possible. So you're not wasting the client's time too. Yeah. it's a good point. Good point. That's the biggest piece. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you've mentioned, uh, that you got like employees and stuff that work for you. So you got like a, at least something of a, a large, um, large thing going on. So, um, would being productive also mean, uh, the importance of like delegating stuff to other people and hundred hiring other people? Million percent. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I I was going to say that what biggest productivity hack was like having, if you, you know, if you can afford to do it, having more employees, but having really intentional jobs of each person. Um, and for me, an assistant was a big piece of that too, to be able to handle a lot of the things that like, I don't need, like not things that, that are below me. It's more of like things that take up my time that clearly someone else can do. So I can focus my time on like what I think other people can't do has just been huge for me. So delegating is a humongous thing, but delegating 
for the sake of delegating without delegating it to the person that actually can complete that task is where I think people mess up a lot. I think that people say, I need a person that can 20 hours a week, let's just say do expenses or do this or do that. And then they just hire someone and they're like, that's going to be your job. But the person's like, I'm, and they're just naturally going to be like, okay, it sounds good, but okay, but you've organized, you've told that person that they're going to be the person that keeps things organized and, and manages all the projects, but they're not an organized person. And then you have people that are doing things or you say, Hey, I'm going to hire this great shooter and he's going to be like my editor. Well, what if he's not a good editor? That doesn't yeah. make sense either or vice versa. And I think a lot of times when people hire someone from the beginning or their first employee, they tend to kind of just hire someone that they, to a point, just think can do everything. And then they kind of just delegate whatever they want. And they're not necessarily putting the person in a good position to actually succeed with it because they're putting a person that's not organized to do organization or they're putting a shooter to editor. They're doing an editor to shoot. And so I've looked at it when I hired my very, very first employee, I thought to myself like, okay, I don't have enough time to do everything that I want to do what do I need to, who do I need to hire? What position do I need to hire to be able to get me more work? So to me, an editor was like, first things first. It was like, I can, I know I can get more work, but I can't finish all the work. So I have to get rid of something. Okay. Well, editing's taking up the most amount of my time. So get an editor. And then as they start doing more editing, I realized, okay, I can keep getting more work, but I can't shoot it all myself. So I need to hire a shooter slash editor, like someone that maybe can do both and looking for that. And then over the last um, two months specifically with the new brand and company starting, I knew that I needed um, an assistant slash project manager that would kind of manage all things overall that would be able to say, hey, this is due this time or this invoice is due or whatever. And they could keep tabs of all the people working. Um, so that was a huge piece for me, but that was like specifically, it was, I need this person to be incredibly organized, even and I'm an organized person. So me hiring a person that's organized is really hard. So, but it was finding the right person for that. And then the 4LC studios thing, which I wanted someone to obviously oversee, essentially own the 4LC studios brand per se. That was important that I hired. I wanted it to be a female and I wanted it to be a female who was very outgoing. That was great with sales, great with being able to literally handle the client meetings, the talking, the, the booking of them to, to kind of remove me from that brand. So I wasn't the person at the shoot, but all those people I hired, I made sure that they actually were good for what I was hiring them for. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the biggest mistake people make is they, they hire to hire and they delegate to delegate, but they're not actually like delegating to people that can do that thing they're delegating well. And then they're like, oh, it's more work for me to show you what to do every time. Well, they're doing what they're not skilled, like what's not their skill set. Mm-hmm. So I found that it's really important to hire think about what you actually need to hire and hire someone that does that well, like that above all. If they're a shooter and an editor, great. Then maybe they can help with multiple things. But if you really need editing, make sure that they're a really good editor first and not necessarily a shooter. <laughs> because yeah. they're not always the same people. I don't yeah. like editing. And so it doesn't make sense for me to hire someone like me who does that same thing. So that's kind of how I've, how I've looked at it. Gotcha. That's really great stuff, man. Thanks for sharing all that. Yes, like long-winded I know. No, it's all right. <laughs> um, is there a point at which you'd recommend like someone should consider hiring another person? Like if they're running their own video business, is there a specific point where you knew like I've got to hire somebody now or soon? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the first the first key is is you have to hire someone when you know that you can afford it. That's a given. Well, yeah. Um, but sometimes it's also though it's this this in the middle point where you may you may feel like oh I need to hire someone but I don't have the money to do it. And the question I always ask is like, if you hired the person, can you make can you make more money if you hire that person? Meaning the time that you're going to get back from hiring that person. Can you make more? Okay, so there's going to be in every business, there's going to be peaks and valleys. And if you have to go into a temporary valley of taking money out of your pocket, it's not making you go broke, but like, you know, hey, instead of me making $100,000 a year by myself, like I can pay someone 40. And then because of that, we'll take on more work and then the overall like revenue will grow. So to me, it's, I try to think of it as soon as you feel like you can't take on more work it usually should mean that you're making decent money. If you're at the stage where you can't take on any more work by yourself, unless you're doing everything for free, you've got to be bringing in some money. Mm -hmm. And so then I look at it and say, okay, well, what do I need to get more work? Like I said to me, it was the editor. So hire an editor so I can continue to get more work, land more work and film it and then grow from that side of things. Maybe someone else can do all the shooting and editing themselves, but they need to hire someone that does all the invoices or all the other things. Just just try to find as soon as you can, I feel like it's a good idea to hire somebody just because it's really hard to scale a business by yourself. Now, yeah. there's some people that don't want to be a boss, so you may be better off being a one-man shop forever <laughs> if, you're not, <laughs> if you're not good with letting certain things go. Um, that was definitely my case a couple of years ago. But once I kind of got rid of the ego of like thinking that I'm the best at everything I need and there's people that can do things better than me or more importantly, 80% of what I think it should be is still way better than me trying to do 100% of it. Um, and that's a big piece to let go of. There's a lot of people listening to this that are probably like, I just can't imagine like letting someone else edit and let, but you're the boss. You still, it still has to go through you. Like nothing goes to a single client without my approval. So you got to remember that you're not letting everything go. You're just giving certain tasks before it has to go through you away. Like no one's sending the, the, the videos to the clients directly and I'm hoping that they're good. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's important to know that, to know that you're not getting rid of everything when you hire someone, you're just getting rid of pieces of things. And I found that it's been so beneficial because some of the ideas that my employees come up with are better than mine. But like, that's an ego thing. That's, that's you realizing like, Hey, I'm not the best of the best. It's okay. If someone else <laughs> makes a decision. <clears throat> gotcha. Sweet. Good stuff. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share regarding productivity and that kind of thing? No, I think like anything, it comes down to the fact that you, when I started my business, it just was, it was work. It was a lot of work there's a lot of people that are on the fence, like they're, they're currently in a job they don't necessarily love and they would love to do video full time or do whatever their, you know, side hustle is. And it's just, it's work. It was temporarily two years worth of a lot of work, 80 to hundred hours a week of between the full-time job I had and this. But if you, if you really want to do it, you just have to do it. And that's the only reason, like I said, that I'm not crazy about the word hacks is because at the beginning, there are no hacks. <laughs> yeah. There's work and that's all it is. You have the option to either work way more than someone else to get to your goals or you don't. And just as simple as it sounds, I think it's something a lot of people forget. They always want to try to find the, the quickest hack to 
you know, you always see these, you know, hacks to be a millionaire, hacks to be this, yeah. hacks to be that. Hard work is just, that's why the background of my phone says, your listeners can't see it, but it says it's hard work, not luck. Um, because here I'm just deleting my notifications so you can actually see it. There you go. For the people online, it's hard work, not luck. That's a Gary nice. quote. Okay. Gary, my uh, business guru. Nice. <laughs> that's good. Cool. Well, if someone's listening and they wanted to get in touch with you, how could they, how could they do that? Yeah. So the easiest way to get in touch with me is just my website is scottmckenna.com. And that kind of has links to like all the different socials of where I'm at. That's the easiest place to just go as the default and then just pick the social that you feel like following me on. Um, obviously I do lots of stuff on YouTube. So youtube.com slash scottmckenna is the YouTube channel. And then the companies are all on my website as well to link it, but scalingcreative.com spelled out just like it sounds. 4lcstudios.com with the number four is the wedding brand. But yeah, wherever you can, you can follow me kind of wherever you choose to do it. And I like to, I like to say if I, if I have a social network, I'm on it and I'm active on it. So if you contact me on any one of those, I'm usually pretty, pretty easy to get in touch with for the most part. Awesome. Cool, Scott. Well, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it and all the good stuff you shared. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. Sounds great. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you really enjoy what you heard, please be sure to leave a review for this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It would mean a lot to us and would help other business video professionals find this podcast as well. Also, be sure to check out our business video community on Facebook, where you can join in discussion with other folks on all things business video. It's been fun. Catch you next time. Hey.